0: Everybody so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's
1: so stupid. Comedy History 101.
0: Brooklyn, we don't have any gay people. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> all we got is a big sign that says, Welcome to Brooklyn, fourth largest city in America with this dead fag hanging off the pole. <laughs> They're not from this planet, let's face it. <laughs> I don't see how any man could look at another guy's hairy ass and want to bang it, you know. I see a guy with a hairy ass. I want to give it a wash and blow dry. That's the extent. Wow. <laughs> that that clip is dated. <laughs> oh that, no. That that's,
1: that's, that material's a bit dated. Dated oh, back no, no, to it's... the uh, Reagan era 80s.
2: <laughs> no, no, you know, uh, hanging hanging um, uh, gay people from poles never goes out of style, Harmon.
1: Yeah, but uh, uh, what Andrew Dice Clay was doing there, uh, he was doing a as he said, a comedy character. And you you know what that comedy character uh, attitude was? He hated homosexuals and women.
2: (laughs) It's part of my character. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Way. Now he liked the ladies especially when they're giving him blowjobs. He talked about that a lot. Bottom line, you suck a good
0: dick, yes or No. (laughs) I mean, can she suck the chrome off a trailer and lay back with a beer afterwards? To me, that's a lady. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, so anyways, if you're not familiar with who that comedian is, uh, he is Andrew Dice Clay, uh, known by his real name, uh, Andrew Silverstein, who came into prominence in the late 80s with the brash, macho, and often offensive character, the Dice Man.
0: Yeah, good old Mother Goose, remember her? I fucked
2: the- up. Hey. Whoa. whoa. Hey, Decorate, decorate! Sat on tuffet.
1: Little Miss Muffin, what a bitch. <laughs>
2: I, do- I still, I don't understand why, because I've watched a few of these specials now, and I don't understand why those are funny.
1: Oh, yeah. Also, like, slight uh, plagiarism, because if you go back to some of our early episodes of Comedy History 101... Oh, first of all, welcome to our podcast, Comedy History 101, where we give the history of comedy. I am Harmon Leon, and with me, of course, is Scott Klonico. How are you, Scott?
2: Pretty good, but just call, don't call me Scott Klonico. Call me the, the Iceman.
1: Hey, the Clonical hey, hey, man. Hey, I'm
2: from I'm from Edinburgh. Hey, forget about it. You're from Yeah, whoa. <laughs> You're
1: gonna have fun.
2: Uh, never with gonna the get old. Dice
1: clay. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. going back to what you say about like the dirty nursery rhymes. Um, we did an earlier episode on uh, the legendary Moms Maybelline, and she, right. back in, when she was playing the Apollo, she would do dirty nursery rhymes. So again, what became Andrew Dice Clay's signature you know, comedy bit was like, you know, it steps back to like the 50s. Anyways, you know, it's just dirty nursery rhymes that became his uh, kind of his trademark.
0: Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet. <laughs> Eating occurred some way. Long came a Spidey, sat down beside him, he, said, hey,
2: what's in the bowl, bitch? <laughs> yeah, that was, like, his big thing.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, he came up in a time of this wave of the 80s where, like, you know, character comedy was really big. You had, like, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait and uh, Emo Phillips and Andy Kaufman. You know, uh, they are all doing, like... And, uh, you know, would you say Sam Kennison was sort of a character comic...
2: Oh oh definitely, definitely. He was like his screamy screamy guy was was definitely his thing. and then you know Steve Martin, of course, kind of let it all off.
1: yeah I, I I do like the character comedy, and it's it's really strange in in American comedy, you don't uh you know in current times you don't really see a lot of uh character comedians where in the u k no. it's still kind of big.
2: Yeah, you are also still kind of big over here as dudes dressing up like chicks, but that's, uh, that's another, <laughs> it's a whole other podcast.
1: Wait, so. Hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Andrew Dice Clay came out of that uh, that wave of the '80s of uh, character comedy, playing you know a, a loudmouth Brooklyn guy clad in leather. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was his thing. Man, he was like so, he was and, like a Fonzie.
1: And, yeah, he was like Fonzie. Uh, you know, in. What he would claim is uh, he was doing a character, but uh, what, what we're going to focus on today is not so much the career of Andrew Dice Clay, but kind of like a a, a three-year period uh, where he went from, you know, he was like the first comedian to sell out Madison Square Garden two nights in a row. Yeah. So he has yeah, he was that like- that crazy claim to fame. He was like, I guess you would yeah. go with like Eddie Murphy and Sam Kennison. That was kind of like the wave of... Uh, Rock and roll comedians.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, from uh, Sam Kinson doing his uh, "Wild Thing" cover. You remember that one? I don't know. Was yeah. it bad? Oh or... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like he, he just he did had... it verbatim,
1: or did he change do like a song parody?
2: It was like a rock and roll kind of version. Any, I think somebody there's Jessica Hahn or somebody was in the video. <laughs>
1: Yeah, again, that was just a crazy era of comedy because, you know, there was only so many outlets, you know, you could get on Letterman, you could get on Saturday Night Live, you could get on The Tonight Show and that those were all like, you know, the main gatekeepers of comedy. So, uh, you know, if you hit big. You hit it really big. And, and, and just like the type of things that were being thrown at these comedians like back in the day, it's like, OK, do you want to do a wild thing video? Yeah, we'll give you a few million <laughs> to go do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. we With just on.
1: Yeah. And, and, and so at, at his height, like in, in, in the late 80s, like we're saying, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, he could sell out first comedian to sell out Madison Square Garden two nights in a row. Um, he would command a half million dollars of performance
2: yeah it was that was insane
1: yeah 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 so uh, again what he said uh, was you know it was like his material basically you know very homophobic very misogynistic Uh, was he racist too was that his
2: part of his shtick Uh, yeah kind of because I just I watched a bit where he was talking about um, penis sizes comparing Chinese and um, black Americans (laughs) put a piece of gum on it (laughs)
1: Right, right. So again, what he claimed was, you know, and well, it is what he did was doing. He was doing a uh, character. He was doing, you know, I'm doing guys in the neighborhood I grew up with in Brooklyn.
0: How are you reacting then to all of this happening off what you do? Not what you are, but what you do. I think the media has made too much out of me telling dirty jokes. You know, I, I created a character that obviously a lot of people like, I mean, I fill every arena in the country and, and the thing is the media, instead of seeing the joke, they they like say it's horrible, you know, but yet 20,000 people in an arena laugh like crazy. Right. But
1: what really twists is like, uh, you know, if you watch that clip we, we we played up front, if you look at the audience, they're not taking it as a character. They're like cheering on, There, there's not a, you know, there's not the lifting of the veil where he's sort of winking at the audience. Um, a good example of that is um, our friend Al Murray, the pub landlord in in the UK, who who plays a racist, you know, owner of a pub. But you, you, the audience, know he's doing the racist character because he twists it, you know, and it's all the humor comes back to sort of making fun of himself, and and that was actually a problem with Al Murray, he he said that, uh, you know, he would get the audience members that were taking it at face value,
0: (laughs) you know? Well, I wouldn't really hang out with a guy that that talks like that and believes those things. You wouldn't like that guy? No, but comedically, I think it's funny. Why? Because I think, not even in the backs of people's heads, I think they really do think some of those things.
1: And, and if you look at that early clip of uh, Andrew Dice Clay doing that just horrible, you know, homophobic uh, material, it's like, and you look at the audience, they're they're taking it at face value. He's not bringing it back to himself where he's sort of the
0: fall guy. It's okay if you want to butt slam your buddy while you're waiting for the bus. Yeah, smack him in the face with your dick five, six times. That doesn't offend anybody, right?
2: No, no, that's just pure kind of, um, hey, he's making fun of the gay people and they're hanging from lampposts, you know, that's, and that's just them laughing at that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the audience, if you look at the audience cutaways, it's kind of like, yeah, that's what I feel about gay people too, kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, reaction from the crowd. So it's like, you know, he could, what he did was, you know, he, he legitimized it by saying, I'm just playing a character and I'm, I'm such a good performer, I'm just playing him really well
2: yeah I mean I mean that that was I think the, the really interesting thing to me if we could I know we're going to deal with the controversy but um, uh, where uh, Andrew got his start uh, was at the comedy store back in you know you could of course see one of our uh, earlier episodes about that Yeah you could you can hear yeah. our early episode on the history of the comedy store strike. They had that crazy house they all lived in that Mitzi ran behind the comedy store.
1: Yeah, so who lived in that house was he was roommates with uh, one Sam Kennison.
2: Right, but his uh, they, they, were, they were housemates, and then also, but he actually shared a room with Yakov Smirnov Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience.
0: <laughs>
2: They're not going anywhere. Another character. What
0: basically. a country!
2: Yeah. <laughs> what a would, country. would you say Let's...
1: Yakov Smirnoff was a character, or he was just Yakov Smirnoff? That's
2: all I was about to say. Yeah, he was kind of character you know. Now, he would, now no,
1: he was the niche. Uh, I'm talking about my ethnicity. He was that yeah. type of comic yeah. where he if was like, he was an American guy doing a Russian character like, you know, Andy Kaufman doing foreign man, yeah. then he would be uh, a character. Yeah. So um, things. So Andrew Dice Clay at the time was, you know, would you say he was probably the biggest comic in, in, in the country?
2: Yeah, ni- 1989, he was at the top of his game. He you know, was, filling in, he was uh, hosting the MTV Awards. I don't know if he was hosting. He was a guest star in the MTV Awards. He uh, was filling Madison Square Garden, you know, two nights selling out. And, you know, he had just gotten a three-picture movie deal. So he was pretty big. Yes.
1: Three pictures from Barry Diller, who was the head of 20th Century Fox, uh, yeah. and, and and the movie that they filmed was Ford Fairlane, yes. uh, where he played. A, know, one, know what he played in that movie? He was a Ford rock Fair. and roll detective. Yeah, that
2: was it, man. His name
0: Ford Fairlane. name's Bob is that like what you do huh? A
2: detective who's so smooth.
0: What is it they call you? Precocious combustion of
2: He's aerodynamic.
1: So he was riding high but when things really started coming crashing down was on September 6 1989 uh, MTV aired their sixth annual Video Music Awards and Andrew Dice Clay uh, came out and he introduced uh, Cher's live performance but before he did, he did three minutes of stand-up comedy.
0: Jack Spratt could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean. So Jack ignored a flappy tits and licked the race all clean. Oh! Oh boy. And know what happened
1: from doing three minutes of stand-up comedy? He got Banned from MTV for
2: life. For life, which uh, I think it's, fun- it's it's funny to me where where for banned for life for MTV actually means banned for like what fifteen years, fourteen years.
1: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's not really MTV anymore, anyway. So basically what got him banned was doing his uh, misogynistic nursery rhymes that he's been doing for years. But there's the thing in that clip that we just played that at, um, at the 24 second mark, you see him sort of look over and he's looking at Dick Clark because before he went on stage, uh, I think he was threatened either by Dick Clark or the producers that if he didn't do a clean act on MTV, uh, you know, his career would be ruined. Oh and he chose not to do a clean act. I think it's like, uh, what were some of the jokes? It was just like, basically, rockaby baby on the treetop. Your mother's a whore. I ain't your pop.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, suck my dick. Hey,
1: whoa, suck no. my dick,
2: bitches. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> no, I don't think he
1: called them bitches. He called them your whores. Yeah, yeah I mean,
2: that's that's kind of the thing. It's just like I don't really get the humor part.
1: Well, it's just dirty nursery rhymes. And also yeah. the thing about Andrew Dice Clay is, like, if you watch his concert films of that era, um, he wouldn't be like a contemporary comedian of the day where once you did a routine, like in a special or whatever, you would sort of retire it and move on uh-huh. to new routines. He would go in and people would recite the routines with him.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those... those um because those uh, those uh, the nursery rhyme bits, I mean, in from the eighty nine special, and then from that eighty seven Dangerfield special, it's they're all almost exactly the same. I mean, he does at the very top of the sh- at the very top of his set, and they're all the same jokes, you know, or r- rhymes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's basically he was like doing you know like the equivalent of comedy songs where people yeah. came and they wanted to hear the hits,
2: yeah, essentially. Exactly. You gotta hear that. But
1: let's also, let's also just sort of reflect on that era. Um, you know, he, so obviously he was starting to get a lot of backlash. He got banned from MTV for life, um, which led to uh, he was booked on Saturday Night Live because his movie Ford Fairling was coming out. And when he got booked on Saturday Night Live, uh, cast member Nora Dunn refused to appear on the show along with musical guest Sinead O'Connor.
2: Oh, hmm, interesting.
1: Yeah, so Lauren Michael took him aside and said, Nora Dunn, uh, I just want to tell you, cast member, Nora Dunn uh, isn't going to do the show. And his response is, Who the fuck is Nora Dunn?
2: <laughs> and do Lauren
1: Michael you- said, She's a cast member. Don't you watch the show? Not too much. Well, she's boycotted. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> Sinead O'Connor, slated to be the musical guest, is also boycotting. I don't really understand, Lauren. I said, hasn't your show always been about making fun of different shit?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, so, I'm reading this. this. is I think from Dice's book, yeah, and it says, so "Stanley, that is our purpose." And I don't. And don't I fit in that kind of thing? These women think you've gone too far. What do you think? I think you're funny, or I wouldn't have you booked on the show. Then what's the problem?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because he talks about that here, too, um, as how uh, so apparently uh, Nora Dunn's contract was going to be over anyway, and so she was going to on the show no matter what happened. Do so,
0: yeah. Do you know any of these people like who wouldn't go on Saturday Night Live or something else? Did uh, you ever feel like calling them up and saying, hey, you know, this is an act. I'm doing a bit. Well, they know that. You know, they know. And why not they... go on? What's the difference? Well, I just look at it like, you know, when something's hot, it's like all these groups that deface my billboards and this and that. They know when they do that, that their name is going to be mentioned on the news. I really don't think they care if because they do that, my movie sells more tickets. But when they hear the name of that group on TV, they're going, oh, look, they're saying our name, you know? And so they go after something hot. They're not going to go after a comic that started Monday night. They're going to go after someone that's hot and does this kind of thing. So
2: she just kind of did this to get a little more attention for herself is what, what the nice man says
0: well
1: that's what the dice man say but isn't that and and here's a strange link is that um there's this larry king interview um where he's talking about one donald j trump and the interview is from i believe 1991 and dice said that trump asked him to perform at his birthday party
0: Uh, i don't know what you heard, but donald you know we're very close friends me and donald uh, well I, i meet those kind of people now and uh What happened, he wanted me to come to his birthday party, and I couldn't be there, so I just sent the videotape, you know, and uh, it was the hit of the party.
2: Yeah, yeah, he also, I think he brings up Trump again, where he says towards the end of that clip, where he's like, he's like, it's like, you, you know, it's like when you're like Trump, you know, you're at the top of your game, and everybody's trying to take you down.
1: Yeah, but this reasoning about Nora Dunn is like almost like the exact type of reasoning that Trump would have. Is like, oh, whoa, the only reason she's boycotting is her contracts up, and she's trying to get some publicity. You know, Trump does the exact same thing.
2: Yeah, well, you know, whenever yeah,
1: yeah. he's like, oh, he's like, like this, the sagging ratings, only really bringing me up to prove the ratings. You know, it's just like that, that same sort of social path uh, type of mentality.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, he was he was he was sad about Arnold Schwarzenegger on The Celebrity Apprentice.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, so uh, Andrew Dice, he eventually uh, appeared on Saturday Night Live. Anyways, um, I watched a few of the sketches on it. You know, they're just, you know, it was kind of like a tame version of Dice because essentially, you know, he's reading from whatever the writers wrote for him. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's pretty unfunny. You know, it's just him doing Dice with, like, Michael Myers playing his son and stuff, but you know, again, they got a lot of uh, uh you know, uh, gay activists heckling him and, and protesting his performance, uh, you know, and, and and again, it caused a lot of controversy. But let's dive back to uh, what was this era? So it's like the the late eighties. Um, Reagan has been in office, uh, you know, end of the Reagan eras, uh, and and in. And we also, we did a video on this, is that, uh, you know, Reagan didn't even mention, like, uh, the AIDS crisis until, like, 1985, was
2: it? Yeah, it was 85, I think.
1: So again, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, his career kind of spawned out of that 80s Reagan era where even the president wouldn't mention, uh, you know, that there was an AIDS crisis and there was like, you know, thousands and thousands of people dying. So it kind of made this climate acceptable for Dice to do that type of material. And then the late 80s, you know, things, you know, the tides sort of changed. you know, it's like, you know, this is a definite crisis. I don't know what era like Rock Hudson died, but that... You know, really kind of, uh, you know, focus that this was a true crisis at hand, and therefore, yeah. you know, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, you know, saying, you know, doing, you know, this really homophobic. You know, material was dated because it was like the, the era changed and it wasn't like what he was saying on numerous talk shows. It's like, yeah, they always try to get the guy who's at the top. Look, hey, I feel yeah. you know, arenas. Look at me. Hey, it was just like, you know, the, the social climate was changing.
2: Yeah, it would just kind of change, and what's interesting is that um, I think I've seen some of Ford Fairlane, but just the way... I mean, the movie did okay. I think it had an okay opening weekend, but that was kind of like the beginning of the end.
1: No, that was exactly the end, because uh, have you seen uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane?
2: I I think I've seen parts of it. Um, He was was a rock and roll detective, and, and directed by the same guy who did Die Hard. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, Rennie Harlan. Nice. Andrew Dice Clay oh, no. is
0: Ford Fairlane. Shall I drive his man? In a movie so hot. You got something cooking in the microwave? Get no. out!
2: You'd better bring protection.
0: No well, maybe it was just a pot pie. Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: so at the time, uh, Barry Diller, uh, once again, headed 20th Century Fox, said this film was going to break... Box office records, you know, we're raising the bar for commercial comedy films. You know, it, it, he, he said uh, dice films will be to the 90s what Jerry Lewis films were to the 60s. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, but again, it was like everything that led to. Dice's complete downfall was the build-up to the release of the Ford Farreling uh, movie. Cause that's why yeah. he was on Saturday night live to promote, uh, the movie. Right. And that's right. why right. Lauren Michaels had it on. And again, uh, people all over like Los Angeles, uh, would put up wanted posters with pictures of Barry Diller and David Geffen, uh, you know, from gay actor groups, because, you know, they were, um, you know, uh, there were gay men who were supporting the career of Andrew Dice Clay, and they were being called uh, traitors.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they were saying also, they're saying people were tearing down the post, you know, they try to put up the movie posters around LA and other places, and people would just tear them down immediately.
1: Yeah, and again, if the movie was uh, actually good, that would have you know, <laughs> subsided, but it was a shitty movie. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm... I haven't seen it, but. Uh, you know uh it's, it's like you know i guess you look on rotten tomatoes or whatever It has got like you know two stars and if wow. you look I, at the trailer you go it's like in the trailer he's like hey, what, what are your guys names are, are you bob and neil or is that what you do uh <laughs> like, jokes like that
2: yeah and and I,
1: priscilla presley
2: yeah exactly come hot off her um naked gun series of movies yeah i think i'm thinking that this might be another mini episode Harmon. we might need to sit down and watch this one
1: ford oh ford fairling yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah we could call our episode how did this get made yeah
2: no 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 we'll get in trouble <laughs> you can't call it that
1: yeah copyright infringement right, yeah, yeah.
0: but this case can put him back i don't need money in the black i need questions answered question number one can i have some money <laughs>
1: Barry Diller was getting death threats. Uh, there were insane protests. And uh, eventually, Barry Diller called Andrew Dice Clay. And, and and at the time, Andrew Dice Clay's manager was his father.
2: Yeah. Fred. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Fred
1: Silverstein. Fred Silverstein. Yeah. Yeah. So called him in and basically said, uh, we are pulling the premiere of the movie. And I'm going to buy out your three-picture deal. I'm going to buy out the other two movies.
2: Yeah, so he – okay, no more movies, but here's the money. Thanks.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and again, you know, uh, Andrew Dice Clay pulling a Trump is like, how could it succeed? They, they, they killed the movie right there. Um, but, again, you know, it was just – again, if it was funny at all, that would stand the test of time. But, it, like, but it, the movie wasn't funny
2: yeah that's exactly what i thought when i read that comment like dude yeah if it was a good movie it wouldn't have mattered.
1: yeah exactly and you hear him like on larry king and stuff just going on about you know how great the movie was but yeah if you look at that trailer it just looks like it was made out of a lot of 80s cocaine
2: <laughs> oh the 80s cocaine movies
1: yeah, yeah. Up there with Caddyshack too, which and, you can and, hear about and, on our previous and, episode of yeah, Comedy and History Santa 101. Do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Santa do. Um, so I think the p- the pinnacle of all the pressure on the Andrew Dice Clay controversy came when he appeared on the Arsenio Hall show. Um around the time I-, I think he was on there to promote uh Ford Fairling. Mm-hmm. Am I correct about that?
2: I don't. Know. I think that clip might be from later. I think that was clip was from ninety one, maybe ninety two. Because he's
1: talking about the Ford Fairlane is about to come out. And oh, is it? Okay, well then, then maybe it was, yeah. Yeah, and then at, the clip starts uh, where he's, you know, he's playing heavily into like I'm the dice character. Look at me. I nothing
0: phases me. A lot of pretty ladies over there standing, clapping, barking. Obviously on a different side of the fence than Starr and Nora Dunn and Shanae, and... Uh, you wanna talk about that? It's called charisma, I got it. And then there was like a
1: moment in that clip where um, Arsenio Hall asked him about Sam Kennison. And you could see uh, Andrew Dice Clay's face just kind of turn sort of, he, he, he was frazzled by the comment.
0: Mm-hmm. One of your biggest, biggest critics has been comedian Sam Kennison. Recently, he came up to you and offered his hand in friendship. Um, I heard about it. I wasn't there. What's the deal with that? There is no deal. He offered his hand in friendship, and I, I shook his hand, you know. I, I, I don't look to, you know, all these. I have been ripped apart by just about every comic there is. And it goes back to the Trump thing. When you're on top, people look to knock you down because when people come up against somebody on top, their name is heard, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's what's going on with a lot
2: of comics, you know? And then um, Arsenio asks if they're going to be touring together.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then, uh, you know, and eventually he, he, he just starts coming unraveled in, in, in that clip. And uh, he stands up.
0: Uh, Andrew Clay, no, let me get this straight and everybody watching and everybody in the studio should hear it Andrew Clay is a guy that came out here about ten years ago and broke his ass know what I mean? broke his ass, he believed in himself became the hottest comic in the world and anybody that doesn't like it could wipe their ass with whatever they say about me
1: And then he ended up like his just choked up speech by saying, "Anyone who doesn't like it can wipe their ass with what they say about me."
2: <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. It was very, it was poignant.
1: Yeah. So I think that was sort of uh, kind of marked the high water mark of the end of Andrew Dice Clay. So, anyways, this uh, this clip is from 1993. So this is basically a few years after. Um, you know, when things came crashing down and on that clip, uh, Joey Buttafuoco, who, uh, what what was he, the, the Long Island Lolita? He, he was like banging an underage girl that ended up like trying to murder his wife. Is yeah, that who yeah. Joey Buttafuoco yeah, is?
2: Island, the Long Island Lolita. Yeah, so in
1: 1993, <laughs> I guess Joey Buttafuoco was going to open doing stand-up comedy for Andrew Dice
2: Clay. <laughs> Oh, okay. And... I mean,
1: I think it's like up there with when, uh, um, and I actually did see this tour when uh, Charlie Sheen did his stadium tours.
2: <laughs> why, why, why did you see that tour?
1: uh' because it came to San Francisco, and I knew the promoter. I, I, th- I wrote a story about it, uh, okay. and right. um, yeah, actually, I it turned out I knew the promoter of of his tour.
2: Okay, Jeff All Wills. Right.
1: Uh, he enough. works He started running. He ran the punchline for a while. Uh, comedy club there, and then moved on to like booking all the comedy for Live Nation. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was just ho- it was awful. It was awful. But yeah, <laughs> Joey Buttafuoco here was going to open for Andrew Dice Clay and pulled out. But the weird part about that clip is uh, Dice is just he is just like coked up or, or something is going on with him.
2: Yeah. And he's drinking beer, and it's like in the morning. Found out what? About uh,
0: Joey Buttafuco not being able. Well, no, the thing is that, uh, you know, when, when when I heard about like I talked to him yesterday, he was very excited about it, and then I saw, you know, I, no, because, you yeah, know. Yeah, you, you want to take it? No, no, it's all right, that happens, okay, so sure. just ignore take it. Take it, through. Take it through. Yeah, we have. Miller. Breakfast of Champions. Um, all right, we'll start over.
1: Yeah, he just looks completely disconnected, and, yeah. and uh, he's just like I don't know. He has like some sort of Tourette's sort of thing, or yeah. or just kind of like wheezing from too much coke. There's something fucked up going on. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll just put it that way.
2: <laughs> put in the clip, yeah. And then you know the, he tried to kind of make that other come come back with a, a 1995 sitcom called Bless This House. Which he plays a lazy and sarcastic postal worker.
1: Yeah, trying to raise a family. <laughs> according to the IMDb uh, description, a lazy postal worker trying to raise a family in violent New York.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
1: <laughs> oh my god! What Snake. you mean in Snake Plipton, New York? From Snake, Snake Plipton, dude. Yeah, Escape from New <laughs> York.
2: No, I, which is so apparently that's based on a British sitcom.
1: Escape from New York.
2: No, no. Bless this house. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yep.
1: And who who is who's the the star of that British uh, sitcom? Benny Hill?
2: No, no, nobody famous. <laughs>
1: But so essentially, though, yeah, so that kind of booked in. Um, I guess, you know, we're mostly focusing on the controversy around Andrew Dice Clay during that period of time. But it seemed like he redeemed himself in the end in current day. You know, he had a part in a Woody Allen movie a few years back. Yeah. Though, you know, now Woody Allen just like, 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 kind of yeah. has his own problems. Right. Yeah. Um, he had a Woody recurring role on Entourage. And I think maybe he has like a Showtime show. I think it's called Dice, maybe. Okay. Yeah. We don't have to know that because this this episode is just completely focused on the controversy,
2: right? And so, so what,
1: what's your takeaway of 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 the Andrew Dice Clay controversy of say eighty
2: nine to ninety? Um, don't don't make anti gay jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but how do I, well yeah of course but uh <laughs> yeah. how does how do where where do you think that place is in comedy history uh you know Andrew Dice Clay um and sort of the downfall of Andrew Dice Clay
2: Um yeah I think that's interesting cuz it kind of it kind of brought an end to that uh the whole 80s based kind of character uh, character type comedy actually kind of put a, a lid on the on the hey gays are weird and different kind of thing people couldn't really do that anymore comedians couldn't yeah
1: true I mean I think it was also yeah also the end of uh, yeah comedy influenced by the Reagan era's I mean if you want to go uh, you know sort of social political to it and I think where Andrew Dice Clay's downfall was yeah uh, I think he really I mean, he always like on those shows, uh, you know, played the part of I'm just playing a character and I play it really well. But I think he just went mad with power and got consumed by the character where the point where there wasn't that much of a differential in real life where the character became the man became the character also in real life.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, so it's you know, you have. Yeah, the only other real character comic of the day is uh, Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: man, Larry Lawrence.
1: Yeah, and so then I was talking to a friend about Larry the Cable Guy and this whole thing where, you know, at one time Larry the Cable Guy would be, yeah, I'm just Dan Whitney and I'm playing that character where now he's just essentially Larry the Cable Guy, like in real life.
2: Yeah, uh, that's that's how he's going to be referred to.
1: Yeah, so essentially I think that about wraps it up for the controversy of Andrew Dice Clay sort of his rise and fall and how that type of comedy just uh, didn't fashion and evolve with the times and how a character comedian who claimed it was a character uh, you know, was a character but sort of got consumed by the character um, and how comedy fans who who didn't really see it as a character. They just kind of took it at face value where he didn't give the gateway that, yes, I'm doing a character. His thing was, you know, I I'm an uncensored comic. I'm more uncensored than uh, anyone else. And uh, he didn't give that sort of glimpse like, say, you know, Al Murray, the pub landlord, that, yes, I'm a character, but I'm, I'm doing a racist character, but I am giving you you know through way that the comedy is landing on just making fun of that character rather than celebrating that character.
2: Right. Yeah. You don't want to hang the gaze from the lampposts.
1: Yeah, and again, uh, and also just in summary, it, it also came out of that time when you know Eddie Murphy was doing his uh, raw special. Uh, which was, you know, crazy dated because it's like large chunks of just really, you know, horrible homophobic material.
2: Yeah, he, he was just, he's also... He that just does, gotten, it
1: doesn't date well, it doesn't no, date well. Also, yeah, he and just it came got, out of that same 80s era,
2: you know? Yeah, and he also, he had just gotten divorced, so he was really, really super bitter. It's just, it's not a funny, it's not a funny special. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it does have, you know, it does have, the, the funny bits are funny. Um, first of all, you know, again, horrible, we'll do a whole, we'll do a whole, that's a whole nother episode.
2: That's a whole nother episode, <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, so anything you like to plug, uh, Scott?
2: Uh, well, um, let's see. So we've got a new episode of This is the President Up, which uh, which I interview author of LBJ's 1968, so that's kind of cool. And then um, we'll also have another episode coming up with uh, my special guest, Harmon Leon. Dang! So the, yeah, there's a couple couple, uh, couple guests, a couple, uh, couple of new shows out, and you can find that on our website at wordsoverchair.com, and also my website, scottcolonco.com.
1: Yes, and for me, uh, of course, as always, I have a new book out called uh, Meet the Deplorables Infiltrating Trump America about my true-life exploits going out undercover and infiltrating Trump supporters deep in the heart of— Crazy conservative United States. And you can find that on Amazon. Um, I have my solo show on April 11th. Uh, Harmon Leon infiltrates Trump America at the Pit, the People's Improv Theater in New York. Uh, again, you can find all this uh, at Harmon Leon on Twitter and our site, Words Over share. And if you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes, like us, comment. We'll read yeah, your comment. Leave damn a comment. comment on yeah. the air. Yeah, we'll read it. <laughs> we'll read it. We'll mention your name. Why would you yeah. not do that?
2: Yeah, I I, I, couldn't, I wouldn't imagine why anybody wouldn't do that exactly.
1: But anyways, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.
2: Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. yours are stupid.
0: Everybody's not stupid.
2: Good thing about doing comedy in Russia—you
0: have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid.
2: Comedy history 101.